0: and welcome to episode 79 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I'm your host, Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey
1: County here in California. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in LA County. Just a reminder that we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that.
0: No, but my goodness, Miss Nancy, oh my, I found, I discovered there is something called an iced horchata latte. So for those of you who don't know what an horchata is, it's this yummy, yummy Mexican um, drink, uh, cinnamon sugar, I think rice milk. It's delicious, but now you can have it as a latte as well. So I was super excited to hear about that one today. So moving on, our tonight's guest is Jonathan Almerito, and he will be talking to us about critical playground. So Jonathan, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do.
2: Hi, uh, I'm Jonathan uh, uh I'm a classroom teacher in San Jose, California. I've taught third grade through fifth grade, um, and I just completed a three-year loop. I took my kids from third grade to fourth grade to fifth grade. And so they just graduated from, from our elementary school and I'm like heartbroken, but I'm sort of ready for my next adventure.
0: Oh, that's exciting. So will you stay in fifth grade or will you go back down and loop up again?
2: Well, I'm going back down to third. I don't know if I have any plans to loop up and if the opportunity is going to present itself to me to do so, but I'm sort of just, I would be happy teaching third grade for another few years. So it's whatever, whatever comes my way, I guess.
0: That is fantastic and awesome. I didn't know about that about you. Yeah. So you're going to talk to us about Critical Playground. What is Critical Playground?
2: OK, so the Critical Playground is a, a, a project that I devised. Uh, I've curated a bunch of lesson and assessment formats. And the all of these, uh, what they have in common is that they're usually very low floor, high ceiling. Um, and they also are very low tech, high tech. So it can be uh, switched between the two. Um, and all of these things that I've curated, they are applicable to many content areas. can be used in many different contexts and different grade levels, um, and the theme for all of these also is that they uh, center around uh, creativity and critical thinking and uh, putting those two in conjunction with each other. Um, the way that I sort of uh, devised these and curated these were around uh this researcher, Jane Pierto, and she has five creative attitudes. One is group trust, openness to experience, which is sort of like where you're looking at things as if you've never seen them before. It's also the same as beginner's mind. Um, there's another attitude called self-discipline, uh, tolerance for ambiguity, which is when you're okay with things being confusing or unclear. And then the last one is called risk-taking, which is self-explanatory.
0: This sounds exciting. So I, you touched on it a little bit, but how did this all begin for you?
2: Um, so, this began as my Google Innovator project. Um, as I was applying, I was looking for a wicked problem uh, in my classroom, and uh, I was in the middle of my fourth grade year, so this is the second uh, year that I had with this group of students, and there was a lot of sort of academic exhaustion, and I saw that I was actually like running kids down with uh, the sort of work that we were doing. and while they were producing really high quality work, they were also just like bored of school and that really killed me and they like hurt my soul. Um, So like as I was interviewing kids to like examine this problem, I found that there were, um, the kids were, missing and lacking opportunities to be creative and to tell stories and to sort of access their like uh, imagination and creativity. Um, And so I devised this like problem of uh, basically making sure that there was still a lot of academic rigor in these, uh, in the content areas that I was teaching, but also making sure that kids still had opportunities to be uh, creative and imaginative.
0: I love that, that you went in and you began looking for a wicked problem to solve. It's such a great attitude. And I love that it was focusing on the creativity side of it for the kids, because I think you're right. We do so much with rigor. We forget some of that creative side and we forget that it can be melded
2: together especially since I've been with those kids for two years. Like I remember the first day of third grade and how sort of like excited they were and how youthful they were. But then towards, towards sort of towards the end of fourth grade, they were like jaded with school. And I was like, so sad that like I felt responsible for that. And I wanted to make sure that I turned that around as I went to fifth grade with them.
0: Oh, what a great story. So why is creativity so important like to you and in general? I mean,
2: yeah. Uh, Well, um, I uh, kind of talked about this in the last question, but I, I think it bears repeating that like um, kids as they get older and also especially adults, they lose their sense of creativity and wonder as they get older. Um, it reminds me of uh, The Little Prince, which is a book that I read. Um, it's a book that I read uh, with kids. Um, uh whenever I'm sort of closing out my cycle with them. And uh, Little Prince is basically about how um, kids are so different from adults because uh, kids uh, have access to and care so passionately about their imagination and their creativity, whereas adults only care about, like, um, I don't know, data and numbers and sort of, like, getting stuff done. Uh, And I want to make sure that kids still have access to that imaginative and, like, passionate and caring and uh, creative part of themselves. creativity is also really important for me because uh, personally I find it uh, really therapeutic and I think it's a really like being creative and accessing like like the artistic side of me and also the problem-solving side of me uh, that part of creativity is a really important personal outlet for self-expression.
0: Those are great reasons. Thank you. Um, So I know you said you wanted to change your students, uh, you know, their their attitudes and beliefs about school and not being so jaded. Yeah. Um, so, what have been some, What have been some of the benefits that you've seen out of this critical playground?
2: Okay. So, in implementing a lot of the parts of the critical playground, I found that, well, I think it helps to sort of compare and contrast. So, whereas before, I used to just like. Uh, teach kids, uh, I don't know, critical thinking skills, so like compare and contrast or uh, synthesizing, and then I would assign kids like a paragraph to write as evidence of their learning. But now that I've done the work of like curating different ways of showing that kind of thinking, um, kids uh, are a lot more engaged uh, because they have different ways than just writing paragraphs or answering straightforward questions. but at the same time, it's also, like, a really great way to give kids a really a creative outlet um, for expressing themselves. And then also in giving kids this creative outlet, they have another way of sort of expressing their identity and expressing, like, parts of themselves that a uh, school conventionally, conventionally wouldn't allow them to express. Um, I also think that... Um, as kids get older, like, as I said, they, they lose their sense of creativity, but they also gain this like value of conformity. uh, And they tend to want to just like be the same as everyone else. But um, in uh, like implementing uh, the different lessons and the different structures from the critical playground, um, I have allowed kids to think a lot more divergently. And so their um, desire to conform is not as strong because they are so, uh, so much able to sort of think differently than everybody else uh, and think so critically too. Um, at also, uh, critical thinking and creative thinking is really important to society and to our future um, when developing this sort of like uh, critical thinking skill and creative creativity um, will help kids solve problems too, um, to identify and solve problems uh, in the future and today
0: that's great it sounds like you're you're creating a classroom of disruptors and yeah we like that (laughs) (laughs) so finally I am sure there are listeners out there myself included who are interested in seeing what you've uh, curated and what you've created so how can other people begin to participate in what you've done
2: okay that's a good question. Uh, there are two ways. So the first is to lurk and so, sort of just peruse the resources. Um, there are two places that they could access that. They all lead to the same place. So there's www.criticalplayground.com and then there's a bit.ly, um, bit.ly slash criticalplayground, all lowercase. Um, and that'll lead you to a website uh, where I've done all the curation and sort of explanation. Um, I uh, on this website, they'll see sort of the organizing principles behind it, the story behind it, uh, and then also they'll see um, different, like, lesson and assessment templates that really do that, uh, emphasize that critical thinking and creativity. Um, let's go see. They, uh, people can sort of lurk through and peruse through that. Um, and then also inside of this website, there's, like, a Google form uh, where people who are really interested in sharing their sort of creative lesson plans, uh, can share that out. And then I will do the, uh, I'll make sure that that information and that those resources get out into the website as well.
0: Oh, fantastic. And we, um, in addition, will also put the link to your uh, website so that others, when they're listening to our podcast, they can click onto it and, um, you know, kind of check it out. So uh, do you have a Twitter hashtag that people can follow as well or not yet?
2: Yeah. Uh, if kids are or kids, sorry, I'm so used to speaking in terms of kids versus adults. <laughs> uh, if uh, users and adults and learners uh, are uh, participating in or using the lessons and templates that are inside of the website, they can also use a hashtag critical playground uh, to share out their, their work with the world.
0: Oh, fantastic. Oh, I am so excited for this and I'm so excited to check it out as well. Yeah, yeah. All right. So thank you. So I guess, um, do you have anything else that you wanted to, um, share with us and
2: the listeners? Um, No, I think that I've sort of said my piece and I'm just excited to share this like my baby with the world.
0: (laughs) And we're excited to embrace it. Um, So thank you so much, Jonathan, for chatting with us and sharing out the wonderful things that you have done in your classroom. Um, And we'd also like to thank our listeners for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave a comment to let us know. Tonight's comment question is, we sometimes fall into a creative slump, So what are some ways that you have gotten out of that and found your creative mojo? Uh, So join us on Wednesday, July 3rd, uh, 2019, and when our guest will be Heidi Samuelson, and she is going to be talking to us about the challenges, or she will be talking to us, excuse me, about global math tasks. I'm so excited about that one, too.
1: Yeah, that's a really exciting one. I have friends that have done it in the past and they really loved it. So I'm glad it's, it's coming back. I've done it too. So yeah, I was really excited to see that. Continue, please. Super fun. Um, so uh, if you're listening, please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. And if you like the show, please be sure to rate and leave a review wherever you're listening so that people can find us. Remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things they are doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill, or if you would like to be a guest yourself, please visit our website at tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks so much for listening.